words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So, as many of you know, I've been away for almost five months uh, living in San Diego. I know the weather is awful, but... um, but it was there taking care of grandchildren. So ages six and nine, while their mother has been out at sea, seeing the world with the U.S. Navy. She sails into the San Diego Harbor on July 21st, and my full-time grandmothering job will be done. Not that I'm counting the days or anything, but I have a countdown clock that tells you the days, the hours, the minutes, and the seconds. So when I left for San Diego, I had this this notion that I was going to get a lot accomplished, that I was going to read the books that were sitting in that uh, huge stack that I have. Uh, I was going to write papers that needed to be written. I was going to stay involved with my many activities. All the while, I would be cooking nutritious meals and baking cookies. I was going to be the most fabulous grandmother in the entire world. But do you know what I had forgotten? How much work kids are. And that I am not as young as I was when I had small kids. Best laid plans and all of that. So while I may not have read very much, or kept up with much of anything because we watched cartoons, we didn't really get to see the news. It still has been hard to miss what's been happening with the children that have been separated from their parents. It's especially heartbreaking knowing firsthand how hard it was for my little guys to be separated from their mom. And they had been prepared for it. For months, they had been prepared for it. And they had their grandmother, who has been part of their lives since the moment they came into this world. We had a number of really bad days that first month. A lot of crying, some temper tantrums. That was me. (laughs) So I can only imagine how much worse it was, or it is, for these children who've been taken away by perfect strangers and separated from the people who love them. So I have to say selfishly, I've also been really glad that I have not had to stand here the last couple of Sundays and preach. On social media and other venues, there were some that were saying, that if your clergy doesn't preach about the evils of child separation, you immediately need to get up and leave that church. So I don't know what I would have said, but what I thought about was a story that I have told here before. The Iraq war was in its very early days, or they were planning it. I don't, it was a long time ago. And my husband asked the dean at the time, why? Why are you not preaching against this war? And she gently replied, 
I do. Every single week. She very nicely refrained from saying, you're just not listening. The church is called to preach justice and compassion and love every single week. And when we do, we echo what you heard in Ezekiel this morning. Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or they refuse to hear, they will know that there has been a prophet among them. Whether we hear or we refuse to hear. So today in the gospel we have this intriguing story. Jesus has been traveling about. He's been preaching and he's been teaching with authority, exercising unclean spirits, healing the sick and the lame. He raised a child from the dead. He calmed the seas and the wind, all the while proclaiming the good news with authority. He comes to Nazareth, his home, his community, the people who think they know him best, and he's dismissed as just the carpenter, just the son of Mary. And the theologians, they all have their various reasons as to why this happened. And we could spend all morning talking about that, and we could ponder the whys of this rejection story. But for me, what worries me more about this story is how it might apply to us today. And I wonder, I wonder if we, and I'm talking about the church universal, the body of Christ right here on earth, aren't more like the Nazarenes than we realize. We're the people who know Jesus. We've known him all our lives. We know the stories the manger stories, the stories of Jesus teaching and preaching, feeding the 5,000, raising Lazarus from the dead. And actually, we know more than the Nazarenes because we know that Jesus was crucified, that he died, and he rose again. And yet, like the Nazarenes, many reject what we hear and what we know, or we narrow our understanding of what it means to be a Christian, dismissing or ignoring Jesus' teachings of love and acceptance, and live lives of intolerance with judgment and prejudice toward others. And we also know how easily some are able to find the most obscure Bible passage or scriptural reason to justify shaming, blaming, or humiliating others. So here's the thing. We shouldn't have to hear sermons on the evils of taking children and placing them in cages, or why it is never okay to dehumanize whole groups of people. 
We should never have to be told that. In the Episcopal Church and many other churches, we know this is wrong without a sermon. We've learned the stories of compassion and love and tolerance in Sunday school and in our homes and right here from each other in this faith community. We know the stories. We know how we've been asked to live, to love one another as we are so loved and loving God and our neighbor as ourselves. We come here, we come here to Trinity Cathedral each Sunday for support and for strength so we can go about God's business, following Jesus, feeding the hungry, visiting the prisoner, clothing the naked, and welcoming the stranger. We come here each Sunday to find a resting place where these stories are treasured and passed on in the liturgy and in education. The church should be an island of refuge, as Verna Dozier writes. It's a place where we come to find healing, where the confused come to find light, and the fearful come to find courage, the lonely come to find community, The alienated come to be accepted. The strong come for gratitude. This is our call. This is our call as an institutional church. This is our call as Trinity Cathedral. And we remember that even as Jesus was rejected by those who knew him best, still he sent disciples out from Nazareth to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick and the lame, sending them out with instructions that if they are unwanted, to just shake the dust from their feet and move on. And you know what? He is still sending us today. At the end of this service, I will stand in the middle of this community And I will say, go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And you will reply, thanks be to God. These words aren't just a farewell, have a nice week, have a good day. You're being sent. You are being sent into the world's disciples to do the work we have all been given to do, to pray for the least, the lost, and the lonely, to speak up and speak out for the vulnerable in our community and in our world. And we know that the world will not always listen or hear what we have to say. Or maybe, or probably, they'll think we're just a bit crazy that we believe in the worth and the dignity of every human being, that all of us, all of us here, all of us out there, we all were created in the image of God. Each of us valued 
and loved for just who we are. We go out those great doors knowing all of this, knowing that we too are disciples and have been sent to do this work. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or they refuse to hear, they shall know there was a prophet among them. That's you. We go out those great doors knowing that Jesus is not conventional or it's just taking life as it comes. This following is not always easy or comfortable, and it's not always even safe. The Archbishop of Canterbury wrote the following, that following Jesus and being his disciple is actually, it's a revolution. And he's absolutely right. It's a revolution that has before and will once again transform this world we live in. It's a revolution that doesn't accept that poverty and hunger or people living on the streets is normal and okay. It's a revolution that doesn't accept that it's okay for people with mental illness to not receive treatment or care. It's a revolution, not of violence, but of love, not of intolerance or hatred, but it's about inclusion and acceptance and transformation. It's not about anger, it's about peace. It's a revolution that looks at what's wrong in this world and says, we will not accept it. We go into the world as followers of Jesus each day, trying to live as we have been shown, loving one another as we have been so loved. Lifting each other up in prayer, speaking up and speaking out for justice and intolerance and compassion, for everyone, everywhere. So welcome. Welcome to our revolution, knowing that we are loved, knowing that we are called, and that we, you and I, we have the power to change the world, to bring about the kingdom of God right here and right now. Amen.